0: Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, joined by the regular rugby crew that is Sam and Westy. And we are back to talk uh, URC rugby and then also some international rugby, which is back. Um, the boys are back as well. We have a second or a, a card twin win again, lads, to talk about. This is un, unheard of now, since we're doing the podcast. Uh, but first of all, we'll talk uh, to the lads as always. Westy, how was you? You had an exciting weekend. You were away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was off on the sunny shores of Edinburgh for the weekend, uh, working on my tan. Um, speedos, surely speedos. Yeah, well actually I did wear shorts for most of the weekend, much to a lot of people's uh, confusion. Um, but yeah, no, I was over with my partner visiting a few of her friends, um, Chris and Sinead. Um, so we, yeah, we were at the Scotland game on Saturday evening, which was great crack. Um, it was a good buzz around the place. We went out then in Edinburgh afterwards, had a few pints, had a nice dinner. Uh, so yeah, it was a great great weekend. We had great fun despite the rain. Um,
0: well, as we were saying, if you go to Edinburgh, and you don't get rain. You're not really getting the true Edinburgh experience. Oh man, I was there
1: one day, one time. I can't remember when. I think it was in May. Beautiful sunny day. Load of college people around for some reason. Load of Leinster people crying and complaining, saying giving bullshit excuses like Rob Carney is the best fullback in the world and all that other nonsense. That was a sunny day in Edinburgh.
0: Can you remember what the event was? Because I don't know. It's lost. I'm lost.
1: I mean, I think it was. It was some sort of final. Some sort of massive league. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Pro something. Whatever number it was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Edinburgh, uh, I have to ask, how was Flower Scotland? Because oh. in, in person, there's nothing better. Yeah, no,
1: like, it's, it, it's my favourite moment of any anthem in the stadium is when, like, the music stops. Well, first off, the guy playing the bagpipes on the roof is pretty unreal. Right, the, the, the woman, as it was, I believe. Um, and then...
0: Hell and safety nightmare, though. Hell and safety I mean, you wouldn't nightmare. get away
1: with that in Ireland, first off. <laughs> um, but whenever, when, when the music stops and the crowd sing the second verse, like, it's just, it's, uh, it's unreal does
0: like it. It is. It's truly like hair standing up, you know, on your arm, kind of thing. Is that? Is that? Is that special? But um, Sam, how was your weekend compared to that? It
2: was good. I went on my mates. Uh, went on my mates' hen uh, to Carrick, which was serious crack. It was kind of a joint hen stag sort of thing, but I was on the hen side of things. Uh, we went zip lining, which is something that I didn't think I would do, or treetop zip thing in luck Key Forest Park. It was unbelievable. I, I'm not one for heights. People who know me know, like I. Uh, pass out stand on a chair but I decided if I was going to be on a hand I was going to at least be the manliest man there and do it so I went up and I nearly shot myself but it was actually unreal once I got into it and and adrenaline got going it was brilliant uh it was class and great time at Carrick a lot of drinks the clocks went back midway through the night which gave us an extra hour of drinking which was phenomenal and the DJ in the bar we were listening to might as well have stolen my creative zen and put on my leaving search playlist because it was all pitbull and uh, Gigi D'Agostino and Venga Boys and all, all the cl- classic hits uh, he had no idea how to mix or to beat match or anything and just every once in a while would just mute the music and start singing his own version or singing along off key out of time everything it was, yeah it was a brilliant brilliant weekend uh, and then managed to catch up on the rugby now because I'm on my mid term perks of being a teacher
0: We're all, me and Wesley just couldn't be happier for you uh, for you having this week off uh, but no, we we haven't said this enough on the podcast. But shout out, Mister Worldwide, uh, and Mister Mister Three Hundred Five. You know, Dale to to all of our friends out there. Uh, I was back home for the weekend, for the bank holiday weekend, and yeah, that was about it. Had a few drinks uh, Sunday night. Sorry, but I I I'm not a fan. Of the clocks going back. I I'm a very much a sufferer of seasonal depression. Uh, as West as Sam knows, I'm an avid golfer, and midweek golf is just gone now. It's just ceases to exist. Uh, and that makes me very upset and it's also been raining for the last four days straight roughly give or take i don't think that's
2: the fault of the clocks going back though
0: no it's not but it's more like this time of the year yeah i'm not a
2: fan of the clocks going back in general but it worked out for the first time ever actually not the first time i was in the blue note once and it happened as well which is great but uh yeah it's it's,
0: you could just drink an extra hour Yeah, an
2: extra hour drinking, and then you don't feel as guilty uh, my girlfriend at home with our baby was definitely not on the same buzz when the baby was waking up at six in the morning instead of seven but uh, that's a whole other story
1: that'll all change now next in the next couple of years when the pub's licenses get extended and we no longer have to stop drinking it. To it, uh...
2: when no but we've, we've never had to you know really dig deep for an excuse like you know Everyone just used to go buy a rake of cans the day before Good Friday in case they never saw a can ever again because the, the off licenses were closing for one day. So it's like anything that's a little extra benefit to going on the pace is just always going to be so that the people will find an excuse to, you know, go that extra hour.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, look, well, one thing about uh, a good thing about this time of year is that the autumn internationals are back, lads. Lovely a little segue there, lovely little segue. Seamless, uh, and that brings us, seamless, some would say, uh, and that brings us to our partnership with Fanzo F A N Z O, who have teamed up with us and the Guinness Pint Predictor. Um, so, predict the scores, beat your mates, and you can win pints of Guinness every week. In fact, I believe Ana, avid listener of the podcast, uh, won a pint of Guinness this weekend. He correctly predicted that uh, Australia would beat Scotland by a point um and he now gets a free point of guinness in a pub of his choice um so you can play along with us we're going to go through the the autumn internationals now and give our predictions uh you can play along and join the, the master of none league uh, and how you do that is you just download the fanzo app f-a-n-z-o um sign up for the for the guinness pint predictor and then join the league none n-o-n-e and then you're in and you can uh, play against us play against the other people whoever has joined so far thank you very much uh we appreciate it, it goes towards supporting the podcast Uh, And our Christmas party at the end of the year. So, if that's not motivation enough to to get involved, I don't know what is. Uh, But before we get into the URC, we'll quickly run through these round two. We've stacked six games uh, this weekend in the Ottoman Internationals. And we'll kick off with. Well, Sam, you said the team is your second favourite team. So, we'll kick off with you. Italy, Samoa, one o'clock on the 5th of November. Uh, Just give predictions. We don't want to. We'll go in depth later on, but give me your prediction.
2: I'm going hard on Samoa by five points. Big, oh, love it. big love Samoan it. guy. Uh, Good at now. Big Papa hasn't quite gotten enough under his belt to get called into the squad. He's been playing more regularly for Brieve, so I do believe that he will start to get into the squad more often. He was called up once for that Barbarians game that never happened last year. But yeah, Samoa by five against Italy. I think. Uh,
0: that If that happens, you deserve a point, in fairness to you. Uh, Westy, Samoa, Italy. What are you thinking?
1: Um, not that I think Sam is wrong. We're going to go against him for the crack. And I'm going to say Italy by. For two. Oh okay.
0: Uh I'm gonna go Italy by twelve. How'd you like that? I think it's gonna be Italy are on the up, lads. They're on the up. been saying it for years. Uh I haven't been saying it for years. Uh but no, I think Italy's gonna win by twelve. Uh next, Scotland Fiji. Wesley, I know you're a huge Fiji guy. Uh and you've just been in Scotland. So we'll go to you first.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I can't I can't uh, let down my, my new clan. Uh, I can't go against Scotland this weekend unfortunately um, So I'm going to go What's the first letter of that clan just to clarify First letter
0: C. Yeah you're going C right just
1: to be clarified <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah sorry I wasn't getting that at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Yes uh, Clan with a C um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Scotland By 8 Oh okay uh,
0: I'm going to go Scotland by 10 Sam
2: I legitimately have Scotland by twelve written down here, so I'm not just going 8, 10, 12, but uh, yeah, I'm going Scotland by twelve. But you hate when someone does that, like you're a bit Scottish as well, aren't you? West—that's a Scottish name.
1: Uh, I think on my mum's side, funnily enough, which isn't West, uh, I have Scottish family, East but I don't have you. any. I don't have any relatives in Scotland. I don't have any like knowledge of this. I think my granny just used to say her great her granddad moved over from Scotland or something yeah
0: that's, that works for me I have a very ginger beard does that count as any Scottish heritage
2: I reckon they could call you up on the back of that yeah
0: I think so too uh, and uh, hopefully they do if they do this weekend though heavily back Fiji <laughs> uh, <laughs> throw next into to uh, an absolute cracker Wales New Zealand uh, quarter past three uh, on the f- 5th of November I'll kick this one off with I don't think Wales are very good so uh, New Zealand by 14 Sam, throwing it to you.
1: New Zealand by 15. It's written here. <laughs> I have them written down. It. New Zealand by 15.
2: Okay, uh, okay.
0: So Westy.
1: After being run so close by Japan on Saturday morning, I think New Zealand will be hurting. Uh, um, so, yeah, I'm going to go, again, I'm going to go tired. I'm going to go New Zealand by 10.
0: No, no, no faith in the Welsh at all. Uh, next one, then, obviously, the big one for us, Ireland, South Africa. Uh, Sam, I'll throw it over to you to start with this one.
2: Uh, I think Ireland by six, and it pains me to say it. I think it's like all points coming from Johnny Sexton's boot.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Ireland by three. I think it's a, I think it's a one-score game.
0: I think, in I think South Africa's going to win this one. Um, I just don't think Lent, and I'm basing this off Leinster so hasn't been like in flying form, and that is obviously a lot of the Irish team. <laughs> uh, so I think South Africa might edge this one by six points. Is that what I'm going with? So that's actually a good one. That we've got our first real difference in opinion apart from sam's blind allegiance to the samoans for some reason um Westy, oh a bit of france australia for a little a little dessert at eight o'clock on the fifth oh delicious
1: oh france france by 12
0: sorry uh sam just, sam just sent me a code for a free pint of guinness thank you sam
2: yeah sorry i was just on fanzo and i realized i won a gift so i gifted it to our WhatsApp group. if everyone of you wants to get out quick enough and but- use it there
0: look at that look at that we're, we're seeing literally the fruits of our labour here which is fantastic uh, what did you say sorry I missed what you even said
1: I said New Zealand by 12 or sorry uh, France France by 12
0: France by 12 oh wow okay Sam France by 10 <sighs> okay I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to say France by 5 and then finally uh, only one game on the 6th which is just makes me angry no
1: what? You're forgetting about the titans of Georgia and Uruguay.
0: Okay, Going they're head head not head head in the Autumn clap. Internationals, okay? But this is not part of our partnership with Fanzo, Westy. Back at uh,
2: Blabsey from Lens was called up to Georgia. Yeah, I saw too.
1: that.
0: If you, if you can get a partnership for the podcast for Tier 2 Rugby, I'm all in. Let's do it. But for Fanzo, Autumn Internationals, Westy. So on the 6th, we're talking about England Argentina. And for your disgraceful behaviour, you can start first. Uh, Georgia by
1: 10.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and then what about the England?
1: Uh, England by five.
0: Okay, Sam. England by ten. Yeah, I don't see this being overly close. I'm gonna say England by twelve. I'm gonna to have to listen back to this and give my actually put my prediction. I there.
1: reserve the right to change all of my predictions when the teams are announced. No, nope, <laughs>
0: this
2: is you are sworn by blood. Body power is do. not accepting that. You go in and go like, "Uh, sorry, I didn't realise that uh, Ireland were going experimental in this game, so I want my money back, please.
1: Well, with fans though, you can actually alter your predictions after you've made them up until the kickoff of the game. So,
2: very nice, Westy. Very. How's that
1: for a segue?
0: Way to bring it right back. Well done. Uh, but yeah, obviously, where I know I do realize we're what uh, twelve minutes in, and we haven't talked about the URC yet. So, uh, but yeah, as I said join in. You know, see if you can beat us. See how good we are at this. See how good you are. And as as we said, you can win a free pint of Guinness, uh, or you can send your friend a free pint of Guinness, which is nice. Uh, but we'll get we'll talk more in depth with Ireland and Africa um, later on in the podcast. But we'll go back to the URC. Uh, seven weeks straight of urc action a few weeks off now well-deserved break for all players especially conic squad given their schedule over the first seven games but they're going into that few weeks off with a win lads which is huge um three point victors over ospreys 22 points to 19 over in swansea.com park which is just terrible name for a pitch um and yeah it was far from pretty it was far from polished but a win's a win and that's the main theme i think coming out of this uh, is that a win's a win? Westy, overall, do you think spotting a team 12 points in the first 10 minutes is a good way to kick off a game?
1: It is a strategy that has not worked for Connacht in the past, and I'm glad to see it finally pay off, because, you know, we've tried it enough times at this stage. Um, no, it's, it's an awful start. I mean, as I, I actually wasn't watching the game at the time, um, and to check it and see after 10 minutes we were 12 points down, I mean, that's kind of really unexpected um like is a tough place to go osprey's had a relatively young team out with a lot to prove so i'm not surprised that they started well but uh some of those errors from the connor side like watching a knockdown ball and like looking at the ref I'm like you're gonna blow that whistle or do we actually do something that's just really they seem really detached from the game and it, it, like the way our results have gone i was surprised that we started the game so cold um like we've seen it against Lens, we've seen it against, um, I think it was the Stormers and probably even Bulls as well. Like we have a habit of conceding these tries early on. And then we give ourselves too much to do for the rest of the game. It's not even about being a better or the worst team on the day. It's just about, you know, you're starting off a game essentially 12 nil down. Um, so I was really impressed to see the way uh, we shifted into gear kind of primarily maybe 25 minutes in. We kind of seemed to start to hit our stride. Um, I don't think we kept that stride for the whole game. We. We kind of, once we got ahead, we kind of seemed to want to just see the game out. We didn't seem too interested in pushing ahead for the fourth try, which is slightly disappointing. We like Jack Hardy is now top of the league in terms of meters kicked. And he's only played three games. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it it shows you kind of how much kicking there was in the game, how much we kind of didn't really want to have possession or we're kind of forcing the error that way. I'm excited to see us build our attacking and our running game again, because I don't think we've seen, we saw some of it and we saw like great performances from Farrell and Hawkshaw in particular, like creating those chances and Porici as well. Um, But as a team, we don't seem to be using, as I said before, those strike moves quite as well. Another thing I thought was kind of unusual: like our driving mall. or our lineup functioned really well. Our driving mall didn't really function. Yet we kept trying it every time. It was at some point you have to implement, a, you know, a better move off those driving malls and a quicker move off those driving malls if you want to start racking up those points. Because at the end of the day, we're still one of, if not the lowest, uh, point scoring team in the league. And you know, starting games off twelve 0 like it just really isn't going to help that.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with everything you said there. Yeah, Like, the, the knock-on was so... But again, we've said this before, the, the errors are, are very fixable. They're not, like, major system errors. They're just silly errors, uh, which I would say are always easier to fix than, like, major, like, oh, our defensive system's massive holes in it, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but men- Wesley, you mentioned as well, I, I do want to talk about that in a positive sense. We've mentioned in the last few weeks on this podcast, we've seen a bit of a resolve, a bit more of a toughness to this Connacht team than maybe the season's gone past. And Sam, to go in at halftime up two points is a real example of that.
2: Yeah, it was massive. I think that's something you've seen growing this kind of team all year. I think there was times last week when we gave away stupid penalties, there was a lot of errors last week. And we didn't actually concede off the penalties, which was hugely positive compared to where we were at the last couple of seasons. And in other games this season, you know, we could have let Leinster just start demolishing us after they scored so early, and we didn't. And that was the same in this game. I think the two tries came... It's hard to say this in hindsight, but because we won, it doesn't sound like a bitch in a moment, but we were actually playing quite well in that 10 minutes. And the two tries were freaks. One was a really bad bounce and the other was very smart play but poor defending. Uh, but they they did come against the head in a way where we had been trying to build something. We'd gotten into the 22 once or twice and that. We'd exited smartly and we just got punished. So it was great to see the heads not drop like we've seen in the past. Edinburgh last year springs to mind, you know, we, we ended up going 50 points down or something in that game. It's just because the heads dropped and we just hadn't hadn't an answer for it. So this year, the resolve and the pragmatism, the way they've gone about their business has been much more encouraging. And that's why I'm more confident, even though the results aren't going as well as they did early last season, I'm more confident in the team that they can build on where they are. They've set themselves a good foundation and they've just become a bit harder to beat, harder to beat up and harder to kind of knock the confidence off. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very encouraging to see and... You know, the, the use of players is much more encouraging to see. And I think it's all feeding into it. It seems like there is good vibes around the dressing room, regardless of how the results went early on. I think they were all saying that and we were kind of going, no, I don't know. Like it's it, maybe it's just a party line, but actually it's it's the more they're doing it, the more you kind of go, no, they are all buying into it. And they're buying into it from the looks of things, especially the defensive structure. They're buying into it more than they did at the start of last season. Because Last season, I was on here talking week in, week out about the defensive structure and how it was individual errors that were killing us. And you were kind of saying, yeah, maybe, but is it also, you know, is that bad structure? And I think this year it seems like everyone's buying into the structure a bit more, and it is coming to fruition. So,
0: yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like I, I do think Connick would have lost that game last year, or definitely a much higher chance of losing it. Uh, I agree, Westy, We didn't kick on like when when Portugal scored that that try. What forty two minutes into the, like two minutes of the second half um i was expecting i have a lot of confidence in this team from the last three weeks of, of i think their attitudes are a lot better and i said the, their resolve is a lot better i expect them to kick on and as kind of west said get that four try and we did we did kind of go into like let's see the game and look they did and that's the main thing but like westy should we be uh, like should should connor have gotten a bonus point win out of that game
1: in the position we were in, you would think, well, probably we should have at least threatened to get it a bit more. But, like, even like reading previous game, a lot of people were saying, oh, bonus point is a must have. It wasn't. This was about winning, it's about going to Swansea and getting a win. Like, I think away wins are going to be tough to come by in this league especially as it goes on and kind of teams become a little bit more uh, kind of thinly stretched when they're competing in Europe and you know post you know even when we come back now after all the internationals there's going to be repercussions there's going to be players out injured there's going to be squads that are kind of depleted munster are already pretty depleted ulster couldn't feel last week because they were so depleted um so i i'm surprised having scored so early and kind of seeming to be in the ascendancy that we didn't kick on but i am also not i'm not overly you know, perturbed that we just saw out the game and ground out the win. I think, you know, Carthy going for the drop goal was pretty smart, put us out of touch. Um, I would have liked to see us again, play a bit more rugby in those areas of the pitch and, and build on the performance. But uh, I don't mind a conserved performance in this game when we have a break now. A win is the most important thing. Let's go there, do a job and leave. We said We said a lot last season, we're not able to win ugly. We just did it. So it, it is a sign of improvement.
0: I, I agree but also i'll play a devil's advocate osprey's had 10 different players from last week's starting team do you know what I mean six of which was in the pack and i expected sam i expected our scrum and mall to dominate them a little bit i generally did six lads six new lads in a pack it's gonna be tough for them to be very cohesive tough you know because just maybe haven't played the whole pile together uh, you know devil's advocate should connor have struggled so much against that osprey's team because that osprey team osprey team it, they weren't very good
2: no, they weren't. And I, d- I don't agree that they struggled, to be perfectly honest. I think that there, was, there was time this season, and it's been a, an issue this season about our entrance into the 22 and our ability to capitalize on it. And that probably comes off the back of not getting the results early on and having a bit of trepidation around going for things, not you know not having the confidence in themselves to really take it on the way we have seen in the past. You you strike running plays in the 22 instead of trying to hit it up has been something that we've been good at, whereas this season, you know, maybe the, they're trying to build up to that, and that's that's been seen. But I think the two tries that were, in my mind, freaks against the run of play, like the bounce for the kick over for the first one that they got and then the potentially knock-on that wasn't looked at. And then the, the second try, it was, it was a bad defensive read, but it was a really smart piece of play by the scrum half to give that blindside pass. You don't be expecting that. So those, those are two tries that put Ospreys much more in the conversation, and it looks like they're three points in it. But I actually don't think that they are on the overall gameplay of it although kind of quite dominant, but just, again, couldn't capitalise when they got to the 22. Yeah, you probably should have been looking at a bonus point win, but if you look at our statistics going away to Swansea, we've never been that good going away to Wales. It's not an easy place to go. Away games in the URC are harder than, you know, a domestic league where you're driving up the road, you're flying somewhere, you're going off for a day or two. So I think just getting away with, getting a win away from home at all is a great result, uh, And I, even if it their team is depleted. Our team is also depleted, you know, not not to the same extent, but we're missing Bundy through suspension and the four lads gone to gone away to a uh, Irish camp. So you brought in players like Ainger, uh, who and Dylan Turnley Martin, who are having great seasons. They're developing into themselves, but they're both so so young as well. So you know, they've a bit more experience than some of the Ospreys lads. But it's you know it's a big ask of them. So I'm delighted with the win. Three from uh, you know three wins and four losses is really as good as we could have asked for it from the first seven going into the season it came in the wrong way so that it looked quite bad at the start but i think we've built up to a position now to be quite confident with ourselves we have a run of games that actually you know you look like you can get a couple of wins together and start climbing up the table the big thing for me is and i'm i'm going to sound like i'm contradicting myself here because i'm saying that the five points wasn't necessary here but we're you know just, we, we have a win more than Munster, but in terms of points, we're only a point ahead because they are accumulating their uh, bonus points in, in their losses. And we do need to be accumulating a few bonus points throughout the season to really push on because getting your wins is one thing. Having 50 50 wins and losses in the season will only get you so far. You really need a couple of bonus points to push you right up into that top seven, or eight if you ever do want to be getting into Europe next year.
1: Yeah, if you want to expand that point, like if, if you look at the table, like let's say of the, you know, of the, games that we lost, the four games and, and the Ospreys game, if we'd taken a bonus point from two of those games, we'd go from 12th to 8th. Do you know like, So it's, it's a huge difference, especially early on in the season to get those points.
0: And that Leinster game, it was so there, that losing bonus point. Like it was so yeah. gettable. Uh, but look, we, we've been seeing this for a while. Um, You know, Sam, I do agree with you. Like, if you take those 12, like, very ridiculous points out from Ospreys, it's 22 7 for the rest of the game in favour of Connacht, points wise. And, like, that's, I think that's more of a reflection. We've been saying them to clean up the discipline. It says here, on the, I don't know if this is correct, four, four penalties. penalties conceded. That's four. Uh, that's really, really the good. Osprey's uh, five, so
2: I reckon the ref like left is whistling. Then <laughs> yeah, sure. I
0: don't recall <laughs> watching it being like, this game hasn't had any penalties. But it says here, Osprey said six, so ten penalties for the whole game seems very low. I Again, I don't know. But that's... Look, we've been asking Connock to, to clean that up, and they did on Saturday. So um, I think... You have to take the positive. of that. Enough, in terms of
1: gameplay, now I don't have the actual stats on ball and play time, but like I, so I missed both of the games live. I had to rewatch them. the The version of the monster Ulster game that I got was uh, an hour and fifty minutes, and the Ospreys Connacht game that I got was about an hour and a half. So there was a lot less stoppage in that term. I thought, especially like the first maybe twenty five minutes, of the game flowed really well. Um, i sorry, I didn't realize there was quite so few penalties, but it, it was a, a let's say a, a, a more Quickly
0: played affair. Yeah, and I think what we also uh, know now for sure is Jack doesn't like kicking off after stuff. Uh, so <laughs> that's tough. Tough penalties, drop goal from far out, like <laughs> no bother, not not a, not a bother. Uh, no, but all, it's good to see him. Uh, I do want before we wrap up and count. We've been talking about the resolve. Is it is it coming from the likes of the new names or the new faces around the camp? Like Hawkshaw's been incredible cockaw do you know what I mean he's been he's been that good and um, the likes of Dylan Tierney Martin who's so young and hasn't got that kind of baggage with him and he's absolutely fearless like he doesn't fear anyone he'll, he'll pick a fight with anyone he's almost like brash and arrogant to a point but it's like fantastic when he's on your team is is that where that resolve is coming from Westy is that is that fair to say or is it just another year with the system in place uh, and that's what that's what's making a tick
1: I think it's a mix. I think like we're obviously seeing players like, you know, even like Gavin Tory is called into the Ireland squad for the A fixture. Like he's clearly impressed. We're seeing players stand up a bit more and be more comfortable in the system. Like Oliver, the work rate. I think it's clever recruitment. Like players like Oliver have brought such a bite into our pack. And then players like Auxerl, like you see Auxerl give out to people when stuff isn't going right. Like that is kind of like, I'm not one for us all screaming at each other and giving out, but like you do need to have that kind of, um, I don't want to call it like arrogance, but that kind of, uh, that bit between your teeth, and be able to kind of, you know, um, you know, push the team on. But like, come on, I was like, that's not good enough. Like, we know what the play is. Um, so I think it's it's recruitment in the right areas, um, but it, it is a bit more of. I mean, it's, it's a team that's been together now, uh, nuts and bolts. That team's been together for two, three years. So we are seeing. We've ever seen players like Porch really come into their prime for a kind like. I mean. Um, I don't think I don't think he's had such a start of the season since he played fullback for those couple of games, um, and I think also like having certain players unavailable it kind of galvanizes you a lot. Like I think maybe we saw that in the Ospreys a bit more, uh, having so many players with the Welsh team. I like think the young lads were kind of more determined and more gritty than maybe they'd been other weeks. And I thought it's like the Sam Parry come off the bench just completely changed the game. Um, so maybe we have a bit of that as well with the with the lads in the centres. You know, with with, with Hawkshaw kind of been given that freedom. I think. Um, I think it's definitely added a, a lot, a level of professionalism, I think, uh, or a level of determination, maybe, is better word to do our, to us. Yeah, and on
2: top of that as well, I think that this year you're seeing far smarter rotation, be that maybe the, the uh, coaches have confidence in the extended squad, but we're rotating really well. We're rotating in the manner, maybe in the manner of like a leinster light have done in the past. We Players, have, the different combinations have been getting goes. Three scrum halves have been starting. A card who was out with a bit of an injury, but Fitz, he was getting a game, then he was getting a game of fullback. Wootz comes on there and he scores a try because he's obviously like Porch and Hansen are getting loads of tries. I was the main man two years ago. People were crying at the idea that I would go back to Munster after the loan. So I think this is really good from a kind of point of view to have a much wider player pool of players you can be confident in and that grows it and that grows the resolve because everyone is no longer resting on their laurels. Everyone is playing for their position now. Like the likes of Hawkshaw playing at 12 there. You know, I'm I'm looking at when Bundy's back from injury going, could you push Bundy out to 13 and get Hawkshaw and Bundy and have that dual playmaker? So it would be unbelievable uh, to just get that, that level of player on there. And then Farrell and Daly, they, you know, Ralston had a great few games. So everyone's pushing each other. And I think that builds resolve. I think that builds people not wanting to make the mistakes that we saw maybe last year when the 23 almost picked itself and players were probably making a few too many errors because they were a bit too comfortable. Oh, and Darren was fucking class
0: yeah I know but I just can't the problem is all you can see is the hair and, and I, kinda, the- I, I couldn't I couldn't even evaluate the performance I'm like was, I don't know all I could see was hair Sam I, I love it me. he's like
2: in my mind he's like a good like you know proper cornerback or linebacker with big dreads flying out the bottom of the helmet and he's just taking people out that's why I, he's just in full flight with the, the Superman cape behind him the mullet
1: cape love it
0: it is I think Westy you need to you need to grow that out so yeah you're already kind of halfway there you know what I mean yeah. you've already got the length
1: I'd love it man. Definitely. Okay,
0: we'll see. We'll see. If Connacht get top eight, you have to go to <laughs> Uh No, look at seven weeks in. I think as Sam said three wins from uh, from those seven was a, was would be a good return considering who we played. So I think you know we're still as Sam, as West said we're only what two points, three points away from uh, top eight uh, after those very, seven games. Very tight so, in the moment
2: between between seventh and fourteenth. It's a win, so.
0: Yeah, and we after after Christmas we kind of said that was the easier side of the draw. So look at it; it anything's possible. But, Munster, uh,
2: next game up is huge. Munster. that will is a big one. Yeah, coming off that the back big. the autumn internationals when they won't be able to bring back the likes for Peter O'Mahony if he plays consistently, we might get a Prendergast back. You know, uh, Bundy will be back from his suspension, so that'll be a massive, massive game in Thomond. It'll be so; it'll be huge for Connacht to get a win there.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of Munster, they were in action as well Inter-Pro this weekend Ulster uh, travelled down to Thoman to face Munster and also come out on top by a point um, This was a weird one again, it was almost like the Leinster-Munster game the week before uh, in terms of I don't think this game was as tight as, as the scoreline suggests Like Ulster that first half dominated uh, their pack, their mall absolutely dominated Munster, but yet they're only coming away at one point win um, and it was a strange one but Sam what was your kind of thoughts on this game overall
2: I think that you really have to caveat the entire game with that Ulster shot themselves for two weeks straight leading into the game across two hemispheres like John Cooney described it the other day on his Instagram story as being on my deathbed that's how bad he seemed to feel so the fact that they were able to go away to Munster and eke out any sort of win was huge and I don't think that they will look really into any of the footage from this game and review it in overly deep manner because of what had happened the week before they were able to go down there and grind it out although Munster looked better again than they have done they are growing into themselves but you know that was the opportunity for Munster to get a win against Ulster because they were Ulster were clearly flat by 60 minutes because they had just exerted all of the possible energy they had uh, and Munster weren't able to get it going and was a couple of good monster performances i thought crowley was very good uh i thought uh was good i thought a dog coming you know he's really growing into himself at a very quick rate he's already already getting those premature parachute him into the world cup squad shouts which i just think ruin every young player's career in this country but on the whole yeah ulster were nowhere near their full complement or uh full fully at the races and able to Grind out a win away in Munster, so they'll be chuffed with that result. Like it's, it's, it's a losing bonus point from Munster that they'll be happy with, but Ulster Ulster won't really care they got out of that one.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's a fair summary. Yeah, I think what a lot of the good that you did see from Munster is what you should see going forward. I'm talking with the likes of Hodnet playing more a dog bow Crowley. I thought Patterson looked really sharp in the scrum half position. Um, him and Casey are two real live wires that they have going forward. Um, but also, yeah, also, I think we'll take a lot from the fact that, yeah, like it would have been very easy to throw that game away uh, in torment. But um, the likes of Big Dwayne kind of said no towards the end. Which Massive was really moment at the end for him. Like, yeah, well, and not- because he was he was back and forth with uh, was a Dwyer Baron like three or four times in the game. He was it was a it was a very edgy game, which I'm always a big fan of watching, especially when. I'm doing it as a like i once Connor's not involved, because I don't I don't like to have, but when it's other teams, love it. Wesley, what was your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he he really he really sank Munster's hopes. They went right down to Dwayne. Uh, oh
0: because <laughs> last week when I was Dwayne was nothing but shit.
1: <laughs> well Bird. in fairness, Ulster were pretty pooped in the second half. Ooh. That's the only notes any, I have. Any,
0: any, any, other t- <laughs> <laughs> any other thoughts that aren't puns? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, yeah, just kind of echo what Sam said. Like, it's the youth in Munster that really seemed to be giving them the go forward. I in particular had a great game. He a lot of really strong carries. Um, I think you saw a really conservative game plan from Ulster, right? Like, even, like, the two tries, even the third try, it's all really from driving moulds. They didn't want to whip the ball at their backs. They didn't want to get into a pace race. They didn't want to, uh, like, have to, you know, bust a gut because, you know, they've done enough that the weekend before.
0: Uh- <laughs> I said no more puns.
1: No more puns. <laughs> That wasn't a pun. That was a good observation. Like, imagine, um, imagine you're feeling yeah. a bit queasy and Fekitoa goes through you. Like, Yeah,
0: so... The, 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 I, yeah, I, we need to talk about that as well. Yeah,
1: that's that's I think they played a more conservative game plan and it worked for them. It was similar to... Like, similar in a way to maybe... Khan. They did what they had to do. They, they ground out the win and, you know, okay, the second half was was harder for them. They, they kind of let Munster back into it, but they did what they needed to do. They they They, they got over the line and, you know, to to go to Toman and get a win is difficult on the best of days alone when you've had the kind of week that they've had. Um, so they'll be happy at that well, so They won't review the game overly much. Munster might feel it was an opportunity that got away from them if they'd kind of, if they'd be able to capitalise a little bit more on, um, on you know, Ulster's waning form in the second half. Um, you know, maybe the game was there for them to take. Um, but I think they maybe just left that surge a little bit too late in the game to, to capitalise.
2: Yeah, I think Oh, Munster have a little bit of a blessing in disguise here. They've got a bit of a free shot with with the new coaching ticket. And the fact that they have so many injuries, they've got 30-something fucking injuries at this stage, I think that they need to do what they didn't do last year after the good result and performance against Wasps, which is when the youth stepped up for them, they didn't jump on that bandwagon, back it, and ride it the rest of the season. They kind of went back to type. Whereas this year... These players are stepping up. They're growing into it. They're getting the system. They don't have, like you described earlier for Dylan Tierney Martin, they don't have the baggage of previous years and previous campaigns. So I think that they need to make sure that they don't make the same mistake as last year and actually go with it and continue to develop and grow this and integrate back the players that are gone at the moment through injury. Don't just offload or drop players straight away that have been playing well because the old uh, players get back. You know, Keep, keep going with this. Keep building it, building around the Adagbos uh, or the Hodnets or whoever it is that is, you know, are really stepping up in a time when they don't have a full complement of players.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Now whether they will do that or not, who knows? And kind of go down the Tome is never never gonna be easy. If you can beat them down there, that's that's huge. And I think we're owed one from last year, but Definitely. we'll not get in, we'll not get into that. The red card, uh Westy Fakatoa, oh, sorry, the lack of red card, the yellow card. Um what was your view on that?
1: Um, yeah, I I disagree with the refs and Azal. I think he was very lucky not to uh, uh, not to get a red. From my perspective, uh, Feketoa drives up into the tackle, and you can actually see that his his inside foot is is up. He's on his tippy toes. He's on the front of his foot, so he's actually put his shoulder higher than it would normally be in a standing context. Part of that is the reaction to the player switching back inside, but I think. I think his body position is never right. I think it's the same thing that we have said before. And I was surprised to hear the rest logic of it because it's really not the way I saw it. I thought his body position was was never great and it ended worse. So, um, yeah, I thought they were very lucky. I thought, you know, um, we've seen, I thought Bundyaki got a red against uh, England in the Six Nations last year for far less when he's tackling big Billy Vanipola. So, um, I know th- th- those are different competitions, right? So I can't say like lack of consistency, but I do think if that was big part pop- last year, February, last, yeah.
2: February, last year we were told that you couldn't use sidestepping as mitigation and only up and down movements. And then suddenly this mitigation this week, it's it's there needs to be clear like clarification on that because if that's going to be a different thing each week, no one knows what to do.
0: Yeah, look, he was actually in a good position to tackle, and then he drove up, as you said, Westy. Um, and this uh, again, the frustration that we all get from him is, I don't care if Fekitog gets sent off or not. I'm saying is we'll see it again now in a few weeks, where know, it could be a Cardiff player, it could be a Lens player, or whoever will do the exact same thing and get sent off, and it could you know change the result of a game, whatever. And that's where the frustration comes for me because I'm like, it just be just be consistent. That's all we're asking. If that's a yellow, then that's cool, that's a yellow going forward. If it's a red, then cool, it's a red going forward. We can't have weekly changes in what is a red and what's not a red. And that's where I had a discussion at home at the weekend, actually, because um, my family are much uh, definitely a GA family. They're normally a rugby family. And they were giving out about the quality of refs in, in GA. And I was saying, like, look how much more support rugby refs have. Like, I've been saying it for years. Like, rugby refereeing should be the best referee in the world. Like, they've all... The systems in place, they've all the respect of the players. Like, GEA. some games we saw was a Wexford or Waterford. There were referees getting assaulted. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and this is that's how far behind they are in terms of their refereeing. So this is what this is a very easy fix. Uh, it's low hanging fruit. Just be consistent. Where someone has to overrule Frank there and be like, look, at, no. We've seen this before. That's a red right card. Red right card. But uh, again, who knows? If that's happening. Probably won't. But, um. Yeah, we'll move on then to the last province in action. Uh, I don't want to spend too long talking about this game because it sucked to watch. And that was Leinster hammering Scarlets, 35 points to five. Um, scoring, what was it, 20, 30 seconds, roughly, I think it was Niall Murray standards.
2: Inside 40 seconds, two inside, inside 40 seconds
0: two weeks, yeah. And I have to say, I did think... It would turn out to be an absolute. Now it was obviously a beating, but like I thought, you know, sixty points were on the card here, uh, considering Scarlett's run of form as well. But you know, I suppose they no, they didn't keep competitive. I wasn't going to say that either. Um, Westy again, like, how do we view this? Do we view this as Scarlett sucked? Do we view this as Lencer were good? Which, uh, how do you approach this game when you're trying to review it? Yeah, it's
1: a tough one. Like Scarlett's are also missing quite a lot. Yeah, you know, they have a few players got to the international squad as well, and that. You know, even though it's less players, it's going to affect them more. Than it's going to affect Leinster because Leinster have this death. We've known this for a long time. Um, I th- I think it's just it's more of a continuation of Scarlett's kind of poor start to the season. Like they haven't had great results so far. Um, and to then have a slightly depleted team and have Leinster come to town, I think. Look again, I think it's 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 part. It's their form. It's 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 a kind of. It's been a difficult season for him so far, but like a lot of us just Leinster doing Leinster things to people. You know, it's um that first that first try, I mean, the, the fullback, I can't remember his name, the young lad, just steps through a gap in the line, like and it's great as well.
2: Sorry, Chris Cosgrave. Chris fullback. Cosgrave,
1: yeah. Um just steps through a gap in the line. Now it's well created by, you know, Leinster drawing in the defense, but it's it's a you know, it's a it's a defensive error. And I thought like Contrary to that, like the Scarlet's try was actually really good. They really sucked Leinster in and exposed. I kind of thought at that point I was like, oh, we might actually see. Well, I knew the result before because I, I didn't see it on Friday, but I was like, Jesus, how did they, how does this go so badly? And then it's just Leinster just piling on the pressure. So I don't think you can take too much away from it for Scarlet's. I wonder where their ambition is now this season. They're currently bottom of the Welsh Conference. Um, I think there's not much between them and Ospreys though. So I think they'll need the break to regroup and see. Where they're going to go from here, um, because they won't want to lose many more home games in that fashion.
0: Yeah, w- one thing I'm always impressed with when, when Leinster have these games is that the young lads come in and don't skip a beat. Like they're always coming in, they're always incredibly hungry, they're they're always very impressive, and they're always very polished, and it's always impressive to me. Like like the likes of Thomas Clarkson. I'm looking at the team here. You wouldn't know of uh, Liam Turner, Rob Russell, Chris Gosgrave Like they all show up, they do their job that they're asked to do. It's very professional. It's very well, you know, managed. Um, one player I want to highlight and want to have discussion on is Max Deegan. Because I have seen it on Twitter, it was very sort of split in people's views of Max Degan. Now Max Degan came on the scene at the same time as Caitlin Doris, um, uh, like burst onto the scene, has had injuries and his career hasn't gone the same way. Obviously, as Caitlin Doris's, but uh, through the emerging Ireland there, and then lately with Leinster, he's kind of shown obviously how good he is, and I think he's very good. I think he's a very much a uh, the perfect modern day ace where he's got great hands, great feet, can you know, but still a big a big goss and as I say, and can run through someone, but then. A lot of people are kind of saying that he's uh, not the right mindset or he should have pushed on by now. And I think that's quite unfair. But Sam, like, what, what's your view of Max Deegan? What's Max Deegan's ceiling? Like, It's very tough. He's in Leinster where it's a back row's paradise. Do you know what I mean? Week in, week out. Uh, what's your views on Max Deegan?
2: It's hard to say what his ceiling is because I think that if he stays at Leinster, which he probably will because they're, they're a successful team. It's his home team. He's been playing there since he was underage and he'll get one or two caps along the way with Ireland uh I think that 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 is his ceiling if he stays at Leinster but he could make a massive career if he went to Fran- France or England and pushed on and you know he could get hiding cups or league titles and he could become you know one of the players of the league he just happens to be at in a club and a country where that position isn't somewhere they're they're weak at and I don't think there's anything wrong with his mentality. I don't think that, you know, he should have pushed on at the same rate as any other player. I think that's an issue that the media in Ireland and a lot it, it translates then into the fan base as well. Have, if you're not suddenly a world beater at 22, you're just written off sort of thing. It's like, you know, parachute them in when they're 19. But if they're not doing it when they're 24, it's like, oh, well, why hasn't he done it yet? That's that's a big issue that the media has and they portray and they, they put that onto players. So I think that he's progressed really steadily over the couple of years. He's been integral to their... You know, their URC team for years now, he will get his his Heineken Cup minutes, but maybe not when full-strength Leinster are there. There's always going to be injuries. He's always going to be around himself. Scott Penny are two phenomenal players, but they're behind the likes of Adaris and the Van der Fleer, and that's just the unfortunate side of things. You know, you're looking at that back row at the weekend, Scott Penny, Reese Ruddock, and Max Steven. You'd have no issue putting that out in a URC final. That's how strong that back row is but it's not their strongest back row. It's probably second choice or third choice in those three positions, and that's just the way it is. So for Deegan, I think that, yeah, he could probably get an Ireland call-up. I don't know if he will consistently get it just because of the strength and depth in that area of the pitch. And then you do sometimes have to play a little bit of politics with the likes of, you know, Peter O'Mahony coming in or uh, Keenan Prendergast from uh, Connacht. Like, the, that does weigh onto a coach's mind. He doesn't want to just pick... 36 players from leinster even though they're quite the dominant team in ireland because you need it to be an irish based thing you need everyone to buy in you need everyone to fight for it and want to you know believe that if they're the first choice of their province that they will be able to get in if the third choice or second choice in another province is getting in ahead of them it does eventually seep in and stop players trying to be competitive and then moving abroad to get better opportunities so i think deegan's a phenomenal player every time if you play against connacht you'd be shitting yourself because he is so good and he's, he's himself Scott Penny are worth a try each per game. So I just think that he's in a position at the moment at Leinster in Ireland where there's players that are very, very good and he'll continue to work hard to try and overturn them. And whether or not he can, it's just something we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one because you mentioned Scott Penny as well, who... And a lot of casual rugby fans in Ireland wouldn't even know who Scott Penny is, or wouldn't know how good he is. Uh, and it's similar with Max Deegan. Obviously, the kind of the hardcore fans know who he is, but like more people should know who Scott Penny is. And I, I don't know, if, like Wesley, is that down to the likes? Like, should we, should we criticize the likes of Max and Scott Penny for not moving on, for not moving to even different provinces, keeping their Irish dreams alive? But now we know that doesn't necessarily translate to Irish minutes. We've proven that theory wrong several times. But you know, like. Is Scott Penny going to go down in the history books as a, a backup player for Leinster, or could he go down as one of the one of the all time greats for an Ulster, or for a Connacht, or for even a Munster? Do you, like, that's what's your views on that?
1: I think we can definitely hold it against Max Deegan for not uh, allegedly accepting a Connacht offer a number of mm-hmm. years ago. Um, look, no, I, I, look. First off, you don't understand. You don't know what people's uh, personal ambitions are. Some people want to play for Leinster, and that's their dream. And it's very hard to set that dream aside um so yeah you're looking at players that would maybe have I don't necessarily think they would definitely walk into legendary status in the likes of Ulster or Connacht and Munster but they might present themselves with a better opportunity but maybe like I think one of the great things Leinster have done over the last few years is breeding this internal competition I mean that's what's pushing the likes of Caelan Doris on is knowing that he's got Max Deegan paper as heels or even your, even your second rows there you know the competition that they have in their own camp is what improves these guys and makes them so good. So I think, um, like, I, first off, I don't think Leinster would agree, even if, you know, uh, they're getting directed from the RFU to, to move these guys somewhere else and let them get game time. I think they're going to want to hold on to as much talent as they can. Like they were quite upset the year they lost Angier and Salanoa because that, that was two of their young prospects that were competing, uh, for front row position. So, um, I think it's, it's it, as I said, it's their own personal ambition. They want to play for Leinster. That's where they want to play the rugby, and you can't, you can't, um, you know, you can't hold that against someone who's from an area to want to represent their home area. Um, and at the same time, it's it's driving the standards within the camp. If they let go of all of their second string players, they'd be just like the rest of us, where they have a drop off between their starting team and their and their next uh, their next best lineup.
2: Yeah, like what you're saying there to drive the rest of the team, that's actually just back to your point about those young players coming in, the likes of a Cosgrover, or a Rob Russell, Liam Turner, the players, they're, they're allowed to succeed in Leinster the last couple of years because of players like Deegan, because of players like Natai, Ross Byrne, they're really, really experienced league players that know how to win games. Uh, Natai, not for Leinster, but he's an extremely experienced player in the long run, uh, and it gives those young players peace of mind when they're coming in that they're coming into a system that's successful with players around them that are successful. Leinster have built a very very strong 52 odd players and they'll continue to be successful because of players like Deegan and Penny so it's a it's yeah it's just such a wealth of wealth of players in their their ranks. Yeah it's
0: just an interesting discussion but um I thought that was well said from Buddies. Uh, we'll move on then to our international rugby. As I said, we have teamed up with fans to for the autumn internationals, um, and we'll obviously talk. We'll focus on the Ireland South Africa game. Um, it's a, it's a weird one. Uh, yeah, we, we don't have the Irish team. Obviously, we do though. Um, as of a few minutes ago, have the South Africa team. Um, so I will as uh, quickly um, read that off. So uh, kits off. Uh, Malcolm Marx, Malherbe, Etzabet, De Jaeger, Kalisi, DeToit, Visa, Hendricks, Willemsa, Mpimpi, DeLende, Creel, Aronset, and Colby. Uh I think it's safe to say, lads, they're not uh they're not leaving the the, the big guns behind. What do we think? Uh Sam, Is that team scare you?
2: Yeah, I like the Colby at full back. It's exciting to see what he's gonna be doing there. It's not somewhere he's played as much as on the wing. Uh, and then your your Vilumso, your Evan Estabeth, like it's loaded with good players. Very interesting to see an unattached player in the lineup. Vincent Cock, I know he hasn't signed for anyone uh, since the two clubs went under and over in England, but uh, it's interesting just to see that on the listed of, list of teams that they play for. Uh, heavily South African based, which is brilliant, and then some uh, Japanese teams as well. So they're not really leaving anyone behind. Uh, they're they're bringing full full noise for this, which is going to make it very difficult for Ireland, but excited, excited for this game. See how we get on. Jeff Revisa is one of my favorite players to watch, because he just brings aggression constantly. So he'll be, he'll be good off the back of the, the scrum and the mall and whatever else it is. And then Damien will probably want to put in a shot. He, he likes putting in a shot with people in, you know, the two years monster. Munster. So yeah, exciting game to look forward to now this weekend.
0: Even their, even their bench is so strong as well. The, the, yeah, the cock most Quagga Smith, the Larue Monami. Okay. It's it's a it's a who's who of South Africa rugby. Region. And
2: they use their bench so well. Like they kind of they brought about that idea of replacing the full front row and bringing the six-two split and everything like that. So it is, yeah. It's it's such an interesting thing to look at to see how Ireland can match up to a team of that strength because we've seen Ireland outside of the French game. We've seen Ireland just be quite dominant throughout the last year or two, and it's great as an Irish fan. But you do want to just give yourself a basis in reality and see where we're actually at in terms of the physicality because you're not going to come up against a team as physical as South Africa ever
0: I have to say I'm feeling much better about my fans on prediction after seeing that team of uh, <laughs> South Africa win uh, Wesley, let's talk about first of all what do you want to see from an Irish team and what are you expecting to see from an Irish team this weekend um five
1: kind of players starting <laughs> across <laughs> two games I'm reasonable across the two games I'm, I'm oh reasonable. okay um what do I want to see. I, I think look I've said it before and like I think in this case like performance is key. I think um I think a win will affect the Ireland camp more than a win will affect the South Africa camp because we have them in the group in the World Cup but I think getting one over on them now would really put the wind at our backs whereas I think if they had kind of an up and down rugby championship I don't think losing to us is going to really affect their mindset going to the World Cup we saw in the last World Cup how quickly they turned things around when Razzie and uh, and Nebar went in in the first place so um, I think So I'm not too worried about necessarily losing it. I think a win would be really good for our mindset, but it's about playing well against them. We haven't really had a challenge like we're going to have against Africa since we played France uh, during the Six Nations because that's a more more like-for-like comparison to the type of rugby that they're going to play. So I'd like to see us not shy away from the physicality of it. I'd like to see... Uh, I'd like to see our fluid game plan kind of evolve. I'd like to see kind of, I love seeing Mac coming off the way and getting involved like he's been doing for Connacht. I want to see more of that, uh, if he if he should be involved for an Ireland team. I want to see, I'd love to see Dan Sheehan get a few breaks, uh, breaks away off the back of a rook and do some damage. Um, I think, I would always say that I think an important thing for Ireland to do over the course of the competition is to make sure, I say this every six nations, is that we're making two or three changes to a lineup every time. And, um, Look, you can say, you know, oh, we want to win these games. We're not, we don't really care to win the World Cup, but you also need to build depth. You want to build consistent results. And one of the things that hurts consistent results is when you have a large group of players leave or retire or be injured, and you have no one, you know, upskilled to play that, to fill in that role. So um, I'd like to see a good, strong team against and I'd see then healthy changes move throughout the next uh, couple of games.
0: Sam, same question to you.
2: It's a hard one because you see that team and you go, Jesus Christ. But I I think Ireland have shown that they're not really going to back down from any fight the last couple of years. We've gone to New Zealand, regardless of what New Zealand are playing like at the moment, going to New Zealand is not easy. And winning a tour there, winning a three-test series there is going to be huge. So Ireland should be looking to win this game, regardless of how big and strong that team is. They've had, like Wesley said, an up-and-down rugby championship. They are still the world champions. They're very well coached. They'll want to lay down a marker with the World Cup coming up. But... I think Ireland just need to stick to what Ireland know they can do and then try and match or meet South Africa physically as well just to let that go. you like, The likes of Porter, Furlong, if he does, if he is team fit, I don't know if he's 100% fit yet. There was talk last week that he might not be. The likes of those, they need to have big games in that, against that front row. You might look at putting Burn in the back row and trying to bulk up the second row, but I'd say just go with what you're good at and get burn in there disrupting the ball if you're not going to try and bulk up and meet them physically. But playing playing the game that we know we can play with Henshaw Ring Rose, you know, in the likes of um uh, McCluskey could be a shout just to try and get a bit of gain line, go forward in that back line and then hopefully Mack opening up on the wing, scoring some straight from kick offs would be great. But what I think Ireland will want out of this game is a close game where they've proved that they're not going to be walked over by a team and if a win comes from that happy days. If not you know, if, if they don't do that and they, they get rolled over by the South Africa it's going to make the mentality switch come to the World Cup much more difficult
0: yeah no, agreed but agreed I do think
2: Ireland fans. win by 6 match my prediction. <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: Uh, also we, we would be missed not to mention Ireland's A team take on the All Blacks 15 uh, on Friday night and the RDS that game is on Virgin Media too so it's good that it's being shown um, this will have probably more of a connect uh, taste to it for for us in the terms of Gav Thornbury just got called up as I mentioned earlier on uh, Kilian Blade was obviously mentioned. This I think you'll see the likes of Keane Prendergast maybe in at this level rather than obviously the the, the starting team. Um, but this is still pretty cool, Westy, isn't it? That this is happening uh, as a little a little appetizer for for the big game Saturday.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm not a huge fan of it being on the Friday night because I just don't think it gives players much chance to. Um to make a statement for themselves, you know, you, you going to a situation where both teams are picked, but hopefully then it does trickle on to the other fixtures that we have uh, in the autumn that some of these guys, if they impress against uh, New Zealand 15, they'll be kept in the camp because I imagine a lot will be released uh, middle of next week after the South Africa game. Um, I think it's a pretty, I think it's great to see, like it's great to see, um, more Irish players getting a chance. We've seen a lot of that since the summer when we went to New Zealand and we had the the midweek tests. Um, and now to see, you know, New Zealand as well, like they're in a period of transition. Uh, they want to... Um, They want to get as many players kind of active and playing as they can because they're searching for solutions to their problems. So I think um, although it might not be the best quality of rugby that we'll see all weekend, I think it could be one of the more interesting games to watch and and watch with a critical eye and see um, where kind of future stars and kind of solutions to problems could come from.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. We just saw on Twitter there, Bundy training with Ireland. has is...
2: been deleted since the tweet that I sent you. has been deleted since I sent it to you. So I got it just in the second. But uh, Bundy Aki training with Ireland.
0: Ooh. Suspension ends in time for the Australia game on November 19th. I just look at You won't find bigger Bundy fans than us, but I just don't see the point in that. I know, training's fine but like if they play get him, him warmed up so
2: he's not going into the monster match cold everyone knows that yeah
0: I'm sure that's the reason <laughs> I'm sure that's the reason uh, but no that's still exciting and, uh, yeah no genuinely would be it, the fact he's trained it means he will come back pretty sharp so that's imagine they
1: just made him train and
2: then didn't include him in the squad like what a load of balls for,
0: for counter Ireland
2: for the Australia game like they brought be, him all, uh, all the way up they, to the they, Ireland squad they
0: shouldn't they shouldn't
1: oh it's two and a half hours on the bus it, it, he'd be training anyway yeah like I, t- I hope he hasn't spent the last three weeks four weeks sitting on his hole eating crisps like
2: eating oh
0: super max every week
2: uh, <laughs> he's, nah every he's a big Giovanni's that fan that lad
0: Geos, geo Sam Gio's uh, I think we'll wrap up there, boys. That was fantastic with a bumper one there, nearly an hour, plenty to cover. As I said, please join the Master Nun League on Fanzo you will be helping us out, and it's free to enter, and you can win a free pint of Guinness. Um, obviously, if you are over eighteen, if you're not under over eighteen, don't uh, enter or don't get don't drink Guinness. Um, but until uh, yeah, next week we we'll be back, boys. We'll recap all the autumn national games. Uh, a few weeks off for Cardiff, well deserved. Uh, but until then, boys, uh, I'll catch you later.
2: Bye.